forgiven or we didn't mean to be uh, taken in a polite manner, but Brother Moore uh, sitting here, my manager, uh, he said something yesterday about tired and we made up about well, uh, I got to preach Sunday morning. I was in a prayer line about four hours just heading on the reservation. Didn't get much sleep last night, got up and had to go preach this morning and then got up and had to come back to the section. I said, Brother Moore, if you go, that's all right. I said, I'll just call you to the back on Sunday afternoon. And he said, I won't be there. And so we just called it just now to leave now. He stuck behind the curtain. That's what we were laughing about. Brother Moore made himself getting out of the way. <laughs> oh, well, dear old, life has some very strange things in it, doesn't it? They tell me that it takes 80% more muscles to frown than it does to laugh. So let's be real lazy in it. It just laughs to frown. <laughs> My father, being Irish, had quite a sense of humor. You know, he said, Oh, spoken to you, say, smile, and the world smiles with you. Cry your cry home, or something like that. Uh, cry your cry home. So that's all of us. Be happy. You have got a thing to be scared about. Everything's all right if you're a Christian. I want to say that yesterday was the uh, highlight of my American meeting. greatest meeting I ever had on the American call. It just shared in with the Apache and the Red I have never in my life ever seen the flow of the Holy Spirit like it did upon those Indians. I wish you could have been there. It was really remarkable. It's just strange how the Anglo-Saxon people, I guess it's the Westerners, or something you just simply don't, you just a little too smart <laughs> to really be able to perceive them. The Indians believe it and that's it. You just watch the difference between was anybody up there that's in the building that's up to the renovation? Yeah, there's several things here. That was up there. Mom. And I couldn't understand why I kept dealing with me before we got up to the... been about nearly eight years since it was at the renovation before. And before we got there, all of a sudden, something settled down in the car and said, Pray. Brother Moore was driving at the time. There was some ladies that used to be a teacher at the reservation. She was with us, and Brother Sherrod, our beloved brother and sister. And Brother Brown, Brother Tracy, Sal. And so I said, let the... And Brother Sherrod himself. I was here the other one. And so, and I said, just drive for the more while we pray. And oh, my heart is seasoned in prayer. The Holy Spirit just come down. He said, I'll pray before you turn into junction. Or the road turns off. Well, I, I don't know more where the road was and, and anything. And just as we said, Amen, and the prayer of the Lord driving on, we were just turning into junction. Just exactly time, perfectly. And when we got there, there was a little house over the one side, a little car paper like house, we called it Ethan. An Indian sister come out of the yard, knelt down and put her head down and prayed continually while song service and everything else was going on. If I had about five back behind there, each and I prayed, it would probably be a lot better out here. That's right. Don't you believe that? Then it was such a moment.
And when we started, we forgot to bring any credit cards. Billy went somewhere. He just didn't care about going up the reservation. He didn't think. And I thought he was sleeping. He wanted to go to sleep. So we went off without a prayer card. <laughs> there was nothing we could do about it. But the Holy Spirit just lined the people perfectly. And the dead, dumb, blind, crippled. I think it was about Brother Brown told me some 30 visions had come forth. And I'll show them one week. And there was around, around 300 people come through the line, and I would say at least 100, 250 people definitely knew how to reach it. Oh, just a lovely flow of the Holy Spirit. Draw a little girl up, little Indian girl, beautiful little thing, a little face in her eyes, real black, shiny. And before, I got, before she got to me, somewhere I believe it was a missionary brother, brother, uh, Mitchell said she's blind, and someone said down the line she's blind. She didn't see her coming along and brought her in front of me. I prayed to our heavenly Father for the child, and I raised my hand in front of her face, her big black staring eyes, just staring. So then I thought, poor little fellow, had to go through life like that. I put my hand back on her and see my eyes. This sounds fanatically, but it, it's true. See, my God, I left the earth and went into the court of the throne of God. There was the blood of Jesus Christ. And I know the poor little Indian girl maybe couldn't understand English or know nothing how. So, see, my God, God hold my faith of the blood of the Lord Jesus and presented it to her. In a few moments, I was back down, dealing for, I've been dealing for a couple of three hours. I have a finger right there in front of her eyes. I moved it, her eyes were still. Blind, and I said, You said, Whatsoever you ask, and just as it did that, my finger swayed through one of those lovely big black eyes moving with the finger, and it was made perfectly non <laughs> So there was someone taking on the outside, this man, well dressed gentleman, probably spectators, the doctors down the place, whatever it was. And I see him moving up to get a hold of her. I said, Take her on. And you see. And I see him out there, you know, with her. And there she was walking around the office like the rest of them out there. And her father came through next and he was blind. And the Lord Jesus and his sovereign grace restored the sight of the father. With her paralyzed arm, took with her hand, raising her hands and praising God, death comes to all everything. Our blessed Lord Jesus did do. I couldn't get over it all night before me and get in prayer. I just see it mentally. I wanted to walk with the This morning I got up and went into the room where my associates died. I thought maybe there's something the Holy Spirit did. I thought maybe it was them. Well, they were talking about it. something that they'd seen in a magazine or something or other. I knew that wasn't there. I went downstairs and I went into the room where Billy was. He was shining his shoes, so it wasn't there. So I come back up, went over to my room and closed the door and I thought, God, what is this? Why can't I get that Indian reservation off my heart? I know it's the biggest, it's not the biggest, but the most power American meeting I ever had. The Lord ever gave me was at the reservation yesterday. Oh, I've had 15, 18,000 people. Well, maybe three, four, five hundred, maybe, maybe a little more, I don't know yesterday. Um, and that gathering there, but oh, never the full spirit like that. 
I went to read, and I was told, well, I'll go and read a while. I was going out to preach. Everyone was trying to divide out. We wanted to visit every church that we could while we were in the city. Each one, we can't go to every Sunday school, so we just had to go to the ones wherever we could, and we were drawing straws as well as we should go here and there. Five of us to divide up. So we finally, uh, something said to me, pick up the book. And the book that I like to be, and when I was fulfilled, I marked them off and put them up and tell the people. Now I picked it up and just some of you there. And on the third day, I can bring it to you here to read it yourself if you wish to. On the third day of December, I was in Vincent, New York. And it got there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Billy to go to sleep. I rose from the bed and went over to the window. And there God showed me. I forgot about it. That in our meeting from one end to the other, I had all that on paper that was the Lord had already done. Oh my, that's a thrilling thing. How the Lord does those things. Way before they happen, He tells what's going to be done. Isn't that marvelous? He can foretell or tell forth. He can tell what was, what is, and what will be. Marvelous. Just a few moments ago, walking in, there was a gentleman who came up, which was introduced to me. And standing there, the man must have had on his heart, never met him in my life. And I see him standing by and placing words of the table. And his wife had a black headed woman thin. This was kind of a tall man. And the Holy Spirit moved over his voice and said, You're suffering, sir, with all great coming. And he said, You're receiving right to the door there. He's staying somewhere in the building right now. Sitting there, some of us standing there. This is how the Lord Jesus and His loving, calm, and mercy will do things for us. It's beyond all we can thank you. Now, this afternoon, I was going to speak on the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And I said maybe I would. I may have to postpone it for your duty. Or what I want to try to do in talking on this subject is to prove that the scientific world, the scientific second coming of Jesus, in this age, the age that we're living in, when I don't know. But I believe, now this is not the Lord telling me, just take a sign from the scripture, or the scripture plus science of it, and proving that this generation, or the age that we're now living, looks to be like they're going to see the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Right hand. And I just haven't got enough information yet on the scientific side to produce it today. So I thought maybe we'd come down and just have a good overgrown Sunday school lesson. Then I got to preach again tonight and then have the healing services tonight. Would that be fine? Would you like me? We're ready to the Holy Spirit. Say one thing again, I want to clear what comes on my mind. A minister, or you have called up, got all the managers and so forth. About the other night when I made a remark, I'm sure, that it was misunderstood that about Adam and Eve. Now, it was said that thought that I said that Adam had sinned. Adam was sinned and condemned and was driven from the garden of Eden by God. See? The redemptive role always showed that. But what I said 
be deliberately seated. See, deliberately sin, knowing what he was doing, because of his wife. He took position with his wife. Then he went before God and told of was condemned. And Jesus, not ignorant of what he was doing, came down and took his place with the sinner, the church that might redeem the church back to himself. See? See, now that it was a type. Adam was the, was, Christ is the second Adam. Or through first Adam all die, through second Adam all live. But the misunderstanding was they thought that I said that Adam never sinned. But Adam did sin. But he did it with his eyes wide open. And Timothy 3, it says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived in the transgression. He actually thought she was right. But Satan deceived her, but he didn't deceive Adam. He knew it was wrong, but because of the love for his wife, he represented himself with sin and was condemned by the saints and cast out of our disease. And Christ represented himself with the church full of sin and was condemned and his soul went to hell. That's right. And God raised him up on the third day. Do you believe that? It wasn't. He did sin. He did sin. And Christ was he never God put the same to the hell pure. He had to say the hell condemned. He because he took our sins and Christ died, not righteous. Christ died a sinner. See, Christ never sinned himself, but he took our sins on him. And he is the oldest teacher with old, the scapegoat of the Old Testament and so forth. He was both, now I know the Advent brethren here believe that the devil was a scapegoat, but no, no. Now Christ was both that's right, both death and resurrection. See? And he bore our sins away and then come forth in the resurrection. And so it was Christ being represented for the church. He took the church's place of sin and was cast into outer darkness into hell and rose again the third day. God raised him up for our justification of and he did that on the basis of one scripture. And a minister who later backslid spoke the scripture. David said, I will not leave his soul in hell. Neither will I suffer my holy one to see corruption. The only scripture I find in the Old Testament spoke of prophecy that God was going to do it. So he did not leave his soul in hell. And the reason Jesus knew that within three days he would raise up. Now some people said, well, he said he's in the grave three days. Why not on Friday afternoon raise up on Sunday morning? Just one day or another, see? But he never said just exactly three days. For he knew the type of children being developed away was his type. And he knew that David said, I will not leave my only one to see corruption. And he knows that corruption sets in in 72 hours. And sometime within that three days of time, God was going to raise him up because he would not corrupt. See? So he died on Friday rolled up on Sunday morning because God promised that not one cell his way would grow. And he rolled up again. Amen. Now, do you love me? Amen. Oh, all right. So, now, let's turn over now for just a few moments and you'll give me your undivided attention. We'll 
doctrine when if you disagree upon what I teach, perfectly all right. That's all right. Maybe you know, my dear son brings with me to my ears. And I guess our noses would be your letter. Yes, our noses would look like, well, there's no two of in the world, McLean, and no two summaries the same. But just to say, uh, I love my son, I know two. There is just a little difference, you see. Uh, I'm glad you got yours, I have mine. <laughs> so we're, we're happy for the members of the body of Christ, aren't And now, in these teachings, it's just my scriptural observation of what a little uh, thing, I don't say the Lord says this is the best of my knowledge. See, that could be wrong. Well, that's just my own knowledge, George, so it wouldn't be very much. But you, I'll tell you what you do when I'm teaching. You do it like I do when I'm eating cherry pie. You know, I love cherry pie. Do you? Well, then when you're eating cherry pie, then what if you run into a seed? Do you throw the pie away? You throw the seed away. You won't eat cherry pie. I may like fried chicken. Of course, all of you sure. All you southerners like fried chicken. Especially the clergy. So when you're eating fried chicken and you're running to a home, do you throw the chicken away? Don't throw it away. So that's what you do here. What you don't believe, you just kick off to one side. Keep on eating what you think is right. That's all I do. Now we have to the sincere side of it. While we are, I want you to turn with me to a Sunday school lesson. And my subject for this afternoon, just for a short time, while we've got to come back and preach tonight, is all the uh, position of a believer in Christ. How many Christians are going to raise up their hands? All believers raise up their hands everywhere. Well, I suppose that's one for a hundred percent. Now, if you're a believer, I believe that I know what the greatest curse that's on the church today is not knowing what they are. Now, with the help of God this afternoon, the Holy Scriptures, if He'll help us, let's try to place the believer positionally in Christ and show what His authority is in Christ. Then everybody out there will be praying for the sick. And we'll have a great meeting, I'm sure. That's our here now while we close off our heart introduction and I'll come to the sincere part of the evening. Our beloved Father, but first, I want to express my love for thee. For thou art so kind to save me from a life of sin. And to take the unlovely one into thy own bleeding bosom. And by that, transform a life of sin unto a regenerated, born-again believer. We thank Thee for that, Father, for Thou hast did this for every one of us, and we're grateful to Thee. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to the earth to die for sinners, that He might be made sin to be a go-between, stand between the living and the dead, and bridge the way, that the dead could be quickened by the hearing of the Word and accepting of the Scriptures, and be born again a new creature. And now, Father, today, as maybe that Thou will drop down today in our midst and will positionally place this congregation 
in such a way that by the reading of the word that every person in here that's sick and needy will not even need us to be prayed for, but will be healed instantly. Maybe at times where every sick person will see what Christ did for them, where they are today in Christ. Thank you. 
pray that each one of these hangings will be blessed in the garden of the little Just as it was with the Indian woman yesterday, may it be with thee. May your Holy Spirit, which is now here, see that each one is evil. Are we sent for that purpose in Jesus' name? When you hear me, friends, speaking of the Anglo-Saxon people and the, and the differences in the white race of people, I'm not being the church. That's an all right. In a few minutes, I'm going to show you what that is. What I'm speaking of that is the nation over, the overall picture, the American people, all well-fed, all aristocratically, with their doctors of the ministry, with all their See what they got their stuff into, they just let the spirit die out. Right. And that's where they got it. They don't believe in supernatural. They're just a far advanced science, education, so forth. They just, they just explain God all the way. The blood's all gone. The days of miracles is all gone. Just explain it away. And there's nothing in the church now. Just like, well, just like uh, uh, just congregating together. Brother, it's a place of born again believers, meets together in Christ. Now, let's start off. We don't have too long now. Won't you get back? See, I forgot to ask. I suppose they'll be giving out prayer cards each evening, and maybe after this service this afternoon, and also tonight. And then we'll try, if we get as many as we possibly can, catch them up if possible, whatever way the Holy Spirit leads. Now, in the book of Ephesians, Paul wrote this book from Rome about A.D. 64. That would be about 31 years after Pentecost, while he was exiled there before being beheaded. Now, I'm going to go back down the place where this very epistle was written to the Ephesians. Sitting there in that place, your dismal cell. Or that apostles stood there, chains, writing the letters to the churches and so forth. I love all my love, Holy Spirit moved into this place. Just gives you a feeling that you just, just in the presence of God. There where they chopped his head off, dumping out the sewer. So God only knows, but today he's in Barnum of Man, he's the, the beloved apostle of the Gentile church, St. Paul. And now, this epistle, the letter to the Ephesians, was written to believers, not to the outside world, but to believers. That's why I thought the second and first I checked and visited groups of unbelievers and sinners, then I couldn't speak this here. But now I see that it is part of the believers, and the believers are present. I thought it would be good if we let the believers see where he is. Now try hard, Christian, to understand that this day, that the message is this, blazing the believer in his positionally placed. If every believer in here was in their place, well, I'm so thankful that we're the whole rope of wheelchairs set. There's only about two or three left in here. If every believer knew their place, a lady on the cotton 
man with a crutch of long hair? There would not be a feeble person in this building in the next 20 minutes. That's right. If every man could simply find his place, his or her place, in Christ Jesus, what a difference it would make. I know, be on your mind, or is that now, brother Brandon, I know where I am, you think you if you did, it would be different. I think people come to the platform. I say, do you believe? Or I don't believe, Brother Brandon. I don't mean to be belittling that. I respect that. But there's supposed to be up here, and you're the only way down here. But you know what it is? It's hope instead of faith. Faith does the job right now. Hope, hope's part. But faith is the product. Faith really does. See, we have a lot of hope, but not much faith. So we want to change from hope today to positive faith. And there's only one way we can get positive faith. That's by positive thinking of positive things. Now, for instance, what are some of you women today? Went home and, or tomorrow, I don't think you want to do it today, but tomorrow you go to plug up your electric line to do your iron. And there's no current. Well, would you throw up your hands and say, oh, laugh, laugh, there's no such a thing as electricity. Well, certainly not. You got your wires crossed up somewhere. Hey, plenty of electricity. You just haven't got it connected right. Is that right? Somebody said, well, this is a straight point in the city, there's no such a thing as divine beauty. That's just as senseless as the other. Sure is. Others are getting healed, why can't you? You just get the wires straightened out. The Holy Spirit will only look that electricity. Look, the whole world is full of electricity. And did you know that? You can go to New York City and pick up a copper wire and go to Los Angeles with a copper wire, pick a helicopter, fly five mile high in the air, and drop that copper wire and pick up enough electricity to set the earth far on the earth. That's how much electricity there is in the earth. Sure. Now, what is the whole world full of electricity? And you're standing out in the middle of a big dark field of nighttime, and you can't see where you're going, and you're going, oh, electricity, oh, electricity, come make a life for me. I don't need the mind, but come make a life for me, electricity. I want to see how to get out of this dark place. I know you're here, electricity. Science proves that you're here. Come make a life. Are you just wasting your brain? That's all. Now, that electricity will light up if you will get the electricity in the right flow of a category. It will light up if you put it in the right position. Now, the whole earth and the whole room here is full of the power of God. Enough to make this boy sitting in a wheelchair walk, make this woman walk, make this lady in a stretcher walk, make all these people on here walk, make the blind see. But the first thing you have to do is get that Holy Spirit flowing in the right category. You believe it? Yeah. here, what if you had a hard beach well over on this mountain and a crop burning up over on this mountain? You said, oh, you great gush of water. You great gush of water. Go down water of my crop. Oh, you great gush of water. Go down water of my crop. You make yourself horse. Never move. So you can scream. You can cry. You can shout, you can run, you can sing and run, you can jump up and down, you can sing songs, you can preach the gospel, but until you work in harmony with the Holy Ghost, you'll make yourself a 
and some help one thing and another. Some take it for baptism, some take it by fellowship. But First Corinthians 12 says, by the one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body, which is the body of Christ, the body of the believers. This, by one, not by one shake of hands, not by one close baptism, not by one meeting, but by one Spirit. Great Spirit, Holy Spirit, by the one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body, which is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at it. Bruised, wounded, tore, opened up his eyes with a Roman Spirit order that by the Holy Spirit we can be baptized into his body, partakers of his divine nature. You get it? Then you become a partaker, then you're coming into his body, a partaker of his divine nature. Christ's nature in you. How can you cheat? See you last. That's right, problem everything else with the divine nature of Christ in you. This is possible. That, that's so just a few minutes. Call this right. Hard. If you be a partaker of Christ, then you become a new creature. Old things have passed away, and old things have become new. All of our warring, and doing, arguments, tempers, all these things pass away. What is the fruit of the Spirit? We planted it on church membership, upon shouting, upon demonstrations of, of works. But the fruit of the Spirit is first love. Love who? That is what you love over unlovable. That's the Spirit of Christ. Love. Joy. Don't never look at a man 
the prophecy, he might he might understand all the knowledge. Paul said, Though I speak with tongues as men and angels, though I understand all the mysteries of God, I'll be in the school. I've got a CD, PhD, or XXC. Whatever it might be, I'll understand all the mysteries of God. Don't 
demonstration love, joy, healing, long suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience. There's the truth. Now we're going back to the beginning. That's where we start. Now, if you just only went, now you say, Brother Randy, you're the sinning, the gift of the Spirit. No, don't get that like you did Adam. I am not condemning the gift of the Spirit. They belong into the church. But you're going to have your gift in the middle of the giver. Get back first. I know that down the whole side of that because I feel But it's the truth just out of everyone. Right. You've got to come back to the thing. Don't have to tell you directly now. But in your heart. Does the peace of God rest in your heart? Maybe you love your enemies and you love yourself. Well, even the Moses for the people that have rebelled against him, who himself the way that God take on him. Jesus was so well the enemy that he gave his life for the enemy. Just take those who were unkindly and pray to the cross, Father, forgive them, or they don't even know what they're doing. They couldn't understand him. His preaching was misunderstood. His life was misunderstood. His speech was misunderstood. They didn't understand him. Now notice, he said to those that are in Christ, how do we get into Christ? By Holy Spirit baptism. God, by grace, through faith, according to the election, is the Holy Spirit. You see? Now, not because you say, brother Ram, uh, I, uh, I did this and I did that. That don't mean a thing. See, first you've got to have the experience. Here you ought to be born again of a tree being planted. Then the tree will bring forth its own fruit. Say you're here now. Your great farm is here on this citrus farm. Ranch is what you call it here. All right. Did you know a little orange tree about that big? About a half inch high? Have every orange in it that will ever have. Is that right? You take that little orange tree and you plant it. And then the only thing you have to do is water. And the little orange tree has to drink the water. Now, the, the fruit is not in the water. The fruit is not in the ground. The fruit is in the tree. And the only thing to treat of is first be plain. And then it has to drink. And it has to drink more than its potion. If you're damn near getting away from this, this will be a ghost town in a few weeks. You've got to have water. And that's what's the matter with our vineyards today in the church speaking. We got all our vineyards planted without enough water coming in. And if you plant and this little tree begins to draw, it just drinks so they can't drink the water, they drink a little bit more than that, and then pushes out. Then it pushes out later. Then it pushes out leaves. Then it pushes out oranges. Bushels there, bushels and hundreds of bushels comes out of that tree. And a man, when he comes to Christ, it isn't first going to get the oranges. You get the tree. And the tree is planted in Christ Jesus. 
up somewhere. He gets a small tree of a young slave in Christ and set it from the fountain of water that he saw the life of Christ. Then you're positionally placed in Christ, and when you're in Christ, by the Holy Spirit, then all these qualities of the Holy Spirit live in you. Now, what does it be called a modern tree? The first thing you know, come up, it was a sycamore tree. I don't know what, I said a palm tree. Boy, you might not know what a sycamore is, but out here. But, over here, the sycamore is out here, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, an orange, an orange tree you're looking for, but it's bearing me. You got your trees mixed up. Or you get fruit, but not the right kind. Now, that's what it is a Christian. When we come into Christ, we must bear the fruits of Christ. Paul said, when you want to be teaching others, you need the center of your the gospel. You get it? Get that person when you come back down to the foundation, that starts there. Oh, now, he's addressing this to those now that have come into Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Grace is saluting them now. Grace be unto you. And teach from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, giving them the blessings of God, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, if someone says, I am the Christian and stay home just as well, no, you can't. Now, you've got to be together with the rest of the body. He has blessed us together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know 90 some odd percent of America? Listen how it goes. 92 or 97, somewhere up there, percent of America never attend church on Sunday. 90 some odd percent of them go to the devil's work. Every Sunday, the church. Thank God. Red big churches on every corner, handful each one. And then there, it's in there, they come and sue the pot like one of them. Then they come for our knees. Oh, my. Hearts are full of hearts. I'm making the Lord a poor little English bomb on tonight. Fall all this down. But it's on my heart, and I have to get it out. I don't know whether I'll ever live to be back again. And I'm going to stand up to justify. I don't want to stand down free from all men's blood. Come back, friends. Come back to the love of God. Don't go after every wind of doctrine and jumping here and there. Every time we something flies up, run away from your church and run over here and over here. It's just called jumping up. I will say that they're, they're wrong speaking. But yes, they're hungry, hearted children. All we need to do is all get together everywhere. And come together in seven heavenly places. And get back to God. Thank God for the word What? Setting together in heavenly places according, third verse or fourth verse, according as he has chosen us in 
I'm surely not reading that wrong. That's what it reads here in the King James Version. Amen. God chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Then if God did that, what did you do? If God knew way back before the foundation of the world that he chose you in Christ Jesus, and you come and accept the call, what would you do about it?
just teach it for a moment? Just in the way of the light of the word, just there before we close. You see what I mean, friends? We full gospel people. I think the creeps of the cross are not right. But what it is, we better watch. The full gospel church is dividing in two ways right now. One of them is cold, warm, and indifferent. A danger line. The next one's getting a bunch of all kinds of mischief verified things that are not even scripture. Watch it! Stay right in the middle of the road, brother. Can't force the name of God for it. all the opponents of the Lord Jesus Christ. All in both sides, but don't give it either side. Or the doctrine will be and spirit killed. See? You don't want your passing? Off you look like we're pastors. A pastor as a real true pastor. Here's the element the church wants to be a fanatic. Here's the moon song, the ritualistic thing, cold off. And usually the cold form will get us by calling the educators properly tight. And they'll hold some passion in us on spirits and the first thing you go your church freezes up. And they don't want to hold some brand in there first thing you know while they'll take off on this time. But praise God, thank you, thank you. Thought you were too good to eat with the rest of the people or something. Thought you were just a little bit better. 